Miami-Dade County is partnering with you to help keep our community safe from COVID-19 now and in the future. Do your part by getting your booster, staying home if you're sick, and getting tested if you think you have symptoms. We'll keep doing our part to protect our children's education and ensure testing, vaccines, and boosters are available for all so that our entire community continues to thrive. It's our best plan. For more information, visit miamidade.gov coronavirus. Another edition of the Behind the You podcast, and we are pleased to be joined by the, the newest edition, the Coach Laranega's staff, Cody Kimball, who is literally um, driving his way to Miami as we speak, making the road trip. So I also, instead of calling this one Behind the You, we might call this one Coaches and Cars Doing Podcasts. But Coach, uh, welcome to the U, welcome to Miami, and uh, thanks for doing this. Josh, no, thanks. To, good to see you, and thanks for having me on. This is this is awesome. We're my wife and I are really excited about about joining this joining the staff. Well, he's geared up. He's got his, his UT shirt on. He is wearing his seatbelt. All right, and he's not driving. The wife the wife is bringing us home to Miami so that our coach can uh, can focus and you know they don't text and drive, don't do podcasts and drive. So he's uh, he's in he's in a good place. So let let's just start with the fun stuff. I know the wife's driving now, but who does the majority of the driving on a road trip? You or you or Janae? Me, without question. There's no question about that. It's it's, it's definitely me. Okay, and then um, when it comes to like you got you got you got to get off the highway for food. Where are we stopping? Like yesterday on the road, to, the big the big haul from Charlotte. Where did we stop? Starbucks. Nice. Starbucks. Big, big Starbucks crew here. <laughs> so what do we get? What do we get? Uh, my wife is a big uh, chai uh, tea latte. Okay. Uh, she's a big chai tea person, and for me, I'm, I'm, I actually drink like oh, this. This is this is strange, but I'm not really a huge coffee guy. But I, I I like the refreshers. Oh, my son is big on the on the refreshers. It's it's funny how times have changed. Right now, Starbucks is an option on the road. Right, it used to be straight fast food. It wasn't going to be BK, Wendy's, McDonald's, or, you know, Chick-fil-A has risen to the top, but thank God for Starbucks. Yes, no doubt. <laughs> All right. Most important question, who controls the music? I can't even touch that. It's all her. If it was me, it would just be like sports talk radio. Uh, but she's got it. She, she's Janae, got what? Music. All right, so. Janae, how do, is, is your husband a good driver? Um, do you want the true answer? Of course I want the true answer. <laughs> what? I, well, of course I want the I truth. Would say I'm, listen, I would say I'm better, but, you know, it depends on who you're talking to. Okay, and has he does he abide by the law? How how is he a heavy footed driver? No, he's actually pretty safe. I think I'm the one with the heavy foot. That's why I feel like I'm better. Okay, he's, he's a little slow. Josh, <laughs> I had to slow down. I mean, she was going 85 and a 60 earlier, and I was like, babe, like I don't want to get a ticket here on that way to Miami. Can you slow down a little bit? We have not had some. I will say this. We have not had someone pulled over on the podcast yet. That has not happened. <laughs> well, we don't want to be the first. Okay. All right. And then, Janae, but what's the music of choice? What are we trying to – does it depend on if it's a, like a morning or, or an afternoon session? Like, what, what's our, what's our go-to? Um, honestly, I am from Atlanta, Georgia, so I'm going to have to go with Lil Baby or Drake. Okay. Are, well, not Drake's not from Atlanta, obviously, but Lil Baby is always on the phone. In the All car. right, 100%. there we go. All right, and I see. I, I see. We got some hanging. We got some dress shirts there in the back, Coach. Are we uh, we ready to make for some big meetings or something? Yeah, we're always prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I, have to, I have to bring at least one suit to Miami before we make the big move, just right. in case. Just in case, right? Just in, you know, you never know. Like it's like a coach always has a jacket behind his door, right? You just never know when you get called into action. Exactly. All right, last thing on the road trip, then we'll get into the good stuff. Who makes Who's asking to pull over to, you know, for the rest area? Who, who's the one to say pull over, you or the wife? It's the wife. 
just so I, 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 I'm straight. Like I can drive about five hours before we stop, but she's, she's got to, she's got to go get her chai tea somewhere. I gotcha. All right. All right. So let's get into the good stuff. Let's, let's really, we, we, we did the mini behind the you of your actual road trip, but let's, let's get the whole story of your whole path to, to get into Miami. I guess we'll start here. Um, you're joining a team that just came off an elite eight trip. Not bad for a guy who started off volunteering at UNC Asheville camps. <laughs> exactly. No, it's been, it's been quite the journey, Josh, and, and uh, really, really blessed, you know, for the opportunity to be here. And, and, and it started, I went to Coastal Carolina, uh, where I graduated, 2007 graduate uh, from Coastal, where I was a student manager, uh, you know, for Buzz Peterson and Pete Strickland there uh, for four years and learned so much and, and always knew I wanted to be a coach. And uh, my first year out, I coached high school ball in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, coach Peterson, Buzz Peterson, actually left Coastal to go back and take the job with his best friend, Michael Jordan, in the front office with the Bob Charlotte Bobcats at the time. And there's a local high school there. And uh, Coach asked me would I be interested in working at a local high school, and, and he knew the coach there. So uh, I, I coached one year at Marvin Ridge while staying in, in Buzz Peterson's basement. He and his family <laughs> allowed me to stay in his basement, in, in his basement uh, for, for a few months while coaching there. And then I got the opportunity, fortunate as a – you know, 22-year-old young man, the opportunity to be an assistant coach at UNC Asheville. Uh, now, I got that opportunity by working camp, as you mentioned, kind of volunteering and work uh, two weeks of camp for free for, for Coach B, and, and he ended up hiring me. Uh, and, and so I was there for three years with Coach B, and uh, what a great experience. I learned so much. Eddie Bedenbos is in the Hall of Fame at UNC Asheville. He's the all-time winningest coach there. Uh, we had so much success. Went to the NCAA tournament. And I learned from some really good guys, great assistants on that staff. Nick McDevitt, uh, who's the head coach now at, at Middle Tennessee. Uh, Brett Carey was on that staff. And, and from there, uh, I moved on to the College of William & Mary in Williamsburg, Virginia, where I worked for uh, Coach Tony Shaver, uh, who, again, Great experience for me. Learned a lot. Coach Coach Shavers, the all-time winning coach in school history at William & Mary. We had a great seven years. Uh, we won more than anybody has before there. Uh, I learned a lot. Uh, coach Shaver was really good to me. And and uh, at the time, my family. Uh, and it was a great experience. Uh, William & Mary was a, was a special place. The community was awesome. Uh, we had a great seven-year run. And from there, uh, I got an opportunity to work with, you know, Ron Sanchez, uh, got the job at UNC Charlotte. Uh, and he was, at the time, you know, the one of the most respected assistant coaches in the country. Uh, obviously, he worked in the ACC for Coach Tony Bennett, his mentor. Uh, and they had so much success there. And being at William & Mary, uh, Ron and I, Coach Sanchez and I, we really – you know, got to know each other. You know, we recruited in the same circles. And when he got an opportunity at Charlotte, like that was something that that he called that I was really interested in because I had so much respect for what they've done at, at Virginia and, and, and the job that they've done, they've done over the years. So I took the opportunity to go to Charlotte, and, and it was a great four years. I learned a lot. Coach Sanchez was amazing. Uh, to my wife and I, uh, he, he's such a special person, um, and we had a great experience. And again, we took over a program at Charlotte. When we got there, they won six games. And, and again, I felt like we, we've gotten into a place where we've won 17 games, and this, was, this past year was the most in 2011, 10 league games, you know, in, in two years there. So uh, had a lot of success. And, and build a program and took it from ground zero, uh, you know, to where it is now. So, and then it leads me to, you know, the, the University of Miami. The yes, U. sir. So awesome. And it's awesome to be here. Coach Larinaga, man, he's this opportunity. Coach is a Hall of Fame coach. I mean, he's had so much success. He's been successful at every stop, you know, that he's been. And this is an opportunity I couldn't pass up to work for him. Uh, to grow, to learn, uh, to serve. It's one that I'm really, really excited about. The University of Miami is a special place. Uh, it's a great school academic. I really believe 
this is the best of both worlds. I mean, you, you come you come to University of Miami, you play for Coach Laranega, who's, uh, again, a Hall of Fame coach for, for great school academically, and you get to do it in the ACC, which is, you know, the in my opinion, the best basketball conference in America. So, uh, again, an opportunity that I just couldn't pass, pass up, and my wife and I, man, we're, we're really excited, really excited to get all right, so we got we got a we got a lot to unpack there, but let's start. I want I, I need you to give me a little dirt here. So how does it go down with Coach L? Like, does a is, are you are you aware he's calling? Have you been tipped off, or does like your phone ring one day and he's on the other line? <laughs> you know, he talked to Coach L. This was an opportunity when I saw it and it was open. Obviously, I would love the opportunity, but I know Coach Coach Shaver, uh, who I worked for, and Coach Laranega spent a lot of time coaching against each other uh, in the Colonial, the CAA, and when Coach, Coach Laranega was at George Mason and, and Coach Shaver at William Mary, you know, they had, had a lot of battles. I think Coach L got, got the best of, of a lot of those. Uh, but I know they spoke, and, uh, you know, Coach Shaver, after talking to Coach Shaver, he, he thought that Coach L would be interested, and, and we talked, and, uh, man, the rest is history. What um what was the like what he want to know what was the what was it like did you come down or was it all over the phone or Zoom or so it, it took place on the phone the process kind of went really fast I would say it's, it happened probably within you know thirty to forty eight hours um uh it, it was it started on the phone we zoom we zoom I zoomed with Coach L and and the entire staff uh you know over oh, over zoom obviously and, and uh it kind of took off from there so i never came down I, I never came down to the university but i've heard so many great things i've seen so many uh you know great photos and heard a lot of great things about the people and the place and obviously the run that they just had the elite eight run so something that i a great opportunity that i was really really thrilled about why did why was it a right fit for you like what what impressed you about coach laranega i'm sure obviously being in this colonial he's legendary status but once you got to talk to him right what what was it that stood out to you that got you even more excited about the opportunity well the person I, I would say the person he is I think coach L the one thing that I recognize early on in our conversation is kind of what he values you know he values like character he values integrity he values doing the thing doing things the right way uh, he cares about the student athlete experience he values the kids and, and their experience and their success. Uh, you know, to me, what stood out is he put that first. Um, and right away, I tell you, when, when, when he felt like, you know, there was interest level, he wanted to talk to my wife. You know, he wanted to know about my family. He wants to know about my path. And, and to me, that really stood out that, that he cares about people. Uh, and he seems like, you know, he, he, he puts people first. Um. You met. I did my research. I was. I was. It was late night grinding, getting ready for this on a quick turnaround. <laughs> so you have used the phrase "plant yourself in good soil," right? So, so I know you haven't been. You you've been in Miami a little bit with Coach L, but so far you feel like you you're taking root in some good soil. Absolutely, and, and that's always been, you know, my process along the way is that you know I feel like if I'm planted in the right place, and and I believe wholeheartedly that. University of Miami and working for Coach L is the right place for me that there's going to be tremendous growth. And, and you know, you fertilize that soil, you know, by obviously working and learning from a Hall of Fame coach. And I believe I'm planted where I'm going to grow the most. And I want to help grow this program. And I want to help build off the momentum that we've had. And it's been awesome. That Elite, elite Eight round was special. So I can't, I can't, can't wait to continue to build. Did Coach Sanchez from Charlotte have any input too since, you know, UVA Miami crossover? Absolutely. I mean, obviously Coach L uh, called Coach Sanchez uh, a couple times. I think they talked multiple times on the phone about me and, and Coach was, you know, Coach Sanchez was terrific and, um, you know, he, he spoke very highly of me or I wouldn't be here today. And uh, just so much, so, so much gratitude. I'm so thankful for him and the opportunity he gave me there to, to help grow that program and, you know, if I wasn't there, I wouldn't have this opportunity today. So you mentioned, obviously, uh, so Coach Shaver was your coach at uh, the head coach at William & Mary and was there a long time, and you guys did great things. Coach O, 
you know, people obviously know what he did at George Mason nationally and locally. Coach L's been down here long enough. People know his story. But um, when you were at William and Mary, uh, like is coach, like how was Coach L perceived, you know, in that world when he was there and when he left because of what he accomplished? Oh, so respected. I mean, Coach L set the bar, you know, for coaches and programs in the CAA. I mean, the I think it was in 2006. Uh, correct me if, yep. if I'm wrong, but the five four run from you know a mid major league, you know, at that point that really hadn't been done before. So what he did is he set a standard. Uh, he set a standard for for a terrific basketball league, the Colonial Basketball League. I mean, people didn't know before that run. It was pro- it was probably the best kept secret in college basketball. Uh, was Mason with ODU with VCU with you know James Madison William and Mary like there were some really really good teams there and and it raised the bar in that league I think you know when VCU made their final four run the CAA got three teams in the in the NCAA tournament and I think because of the success coach Larinaga had at Mason it just kind of set the bar and created a standard and so he was well well respected amongst coaching circles and, and, and peers in the CAA. Do you guys have some DMV ties? Because he went, he's been on the podcast, and uh, I've been around Coach L before, and just you know, sort of how uh, his success there, how people talk about that area, um, the, the level of basketball, the ability for Miami to recruit in that area, um, is it as good? Is it as good as everyone says? From from someone that's a South Florida person, like how good is the ball in the DMV? It's terrific. I mean, some would argue and say. You know, it's the best high school, WCAC, uh, it's the best high school basketball, you know, league, you know, in, 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 in high school basketball. And so, yeah, it's a terrific basketball area. And there's some similar ties. Obviously, you know, me being at William Mary for seven years, I was able to tap in and recruit, you know, that market. You know, we had, we, I coached a kid at, at William Mary by the name of Marcus Thornton, uh, you know, who played at Bishop McNamara and was the, the player of the year at the WCAC. Uh, and we're lucky to get him. At William & Mary, he went on to be the player of the year at the CAA. He's the all-time leading scorer in school history. He was drafted in the NBA. But at William & Mary, we had several guys, Daniel Dixon and Greg Malinowski and several guys from that area. And then he carried over to Charlotte. Obviously, we had a player by the name of Jameer Young, who was back-to-back first-team all-league guy in Charlotte and had a lot of success. So uh, we've definitely run in some of the similar recruiting circles and that conference that conference, that area, it's really, really special. Um, so now let's go back to some of the um, some of the other stuff you mentioned at the initial part of kind of your your, your resume. So at, you're a student manager at Coastal Carolina, correct? Yes. And like from the get go, you knew I want to be around hoops. I want to rebound. I want to I want to be around ball. I want to be involved. This is what I want to do. Yes, that's correct. My passion, and I'll, I'll say even before I went to college, like I went to college with the intention that I wanted to be a coach. And I always really wanted to coach basketball. And, and for me, it's, it's, I've, I've always been passionate about sport in general. Um, and so it's something I always want to do. But there's been, and for me, basketball is the sport that I love, um, you know, the most that I've loved the most, but there's been so many people even before college have had such an impact, you know, on my life, uh, you know, in the sports world. So I wanted to, to, to give that back and, and I want to do that through something that I love. So, uh, you know, I chose basketball as my path and, and I got into it and Buzz Peterson, you know, I, I'll, I give him a, a ton of credit because I remember sitting in his office as a 20, 20 to 21 year old, Oh, young man, and 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 he and he told me like, hey, I know you want to coach. I think you'd be really, really good at this, and, and this game, you know, really, really could use guys like you. And so I went from wanting to be a coach to thinking like, man, I could really do this, you know, from a guy that was McDonald's All American, like you know, Player of the Year in high school over Michael Jordan, went to Carolina, you know, good friends, and the success he's had in coaching. So uh, he kind of gave me a boost that I that, that I needed probably at the time, and. And, and, and I was able to, to kind of get in and, and run with it. So where'd your love of basketball originate? Like, did you play growing up? Did you play in high school? Like, yeah, why, yeah, why I, played, I, played, I played some growing up. I wasn't a very good player. Uh, hence coaching, uh, I, right? Hence coaching. Yeah, hence coaching. 
Um, and so I, I had developed a passion. I had a hoop in the backyard where I, I would I would play a lot with with family, friends, and um, I just loved it. You know, I loved it, and uh, so I, I was just so passionate about it. So I said, man, if I can't play this thing at the level I, I want to, let's figure out how to how to coach it. You know, at the level I want to. And, and fortunately, um, I've had success over the years doing that. And you're born, you're raised in South Carolina too. Born and raised in, in a small town, Edgefield, South Carolina. It's, it's, it's a town less than 5,000 people uh, with just a few stoplights. Um, you know, grew up there most of my time. Uh, mom, uh, my father passed away actually when I was 13. And so I lived with my mom for a little bit and then was adopted by my aunt and uncle. But uh, yeah, I grew up in Edgefield. In a small town, a small town, southern boy. Small town. So how? So how does is basketball big in that area? I mean, you're like in a football hotbed, aren't you? It's football. It's a football state. So we always wrestle with that. I mean, we couldn't even get the. If it was a rainy day, the football team was going to come to the high school gym and practice and kick us right. out. But uh, uh, football, football country for sure. I went to Strong Thurman High School and. Uh, everyone loves Clemson, or as we say in South Carolina, Carolina. But we're referring to the Gamecocks, South Carolina. So right. I, I quickly learned when I moved to North Carolina, when I said Carolina, they're like the Tar Heels. I'm like, no, I'm talking about the Gamecocks. But right, exactly. Uh, Clemson, the Carolina football is what everybody loved, and like and where I grew up. So, so if, if you don't mind me asking, because we like we really like to um, get to know the people that are attached to the University of Miami. You mentioned that your your dad passed. How young you said you were 13. I can't Im- I imagine that was pretty traumatic. Yeah, it was it was actually really hard. It was it was really challenging at the time and um, you know, a very, very, very tough time in my life. And you know, I went for a transition state where I live with my mom and dad, and then I had to live with my mother, you know, for, for a few months. And my mother, she after that death, she obviously struggled uh, you know, with some things and, and kind of, you know, took a turn for the worse in a lot of ways in her personal life. So her sister, my aunt and uncle, uh, you know, took me in and, ad- and, and adopted me, which was a natural transition for me and, uh, you know, my family. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for them being placed in my life because truly without that opportunity, that transition for me, I'm not sure I would be here today. So they provided stability for me, uh, you know, as a, as a young man and, uh, you know, as a 14-year-old kid where I could, you know, go finish school, middle school, high school, and, and, and go on to be a college, you know, a college graduate, which is a highlight for me, uh, highlight for me and my family. I'm the first generational college graduate in my family. Uh, I have a couple siblings, none graduated or, or went to college. Uh, so for me and, and, and uh, obviously for my mom, that was a huge accomplishment. My mom passed away when I was 29 a few years ago. She passed away with cancer, but you know, her seeing me walk across the stage was obviously a highlight for, for my family. And and your aunt and uncle, are they kind of like mom and dad now instead of aunt and uncle? Yes. Yeah, they're mom and dad. They're, they're, they're definitely uh, uh, mom and dad. My uncle's a pastor. Uh, you know, he pastors a church in, in South Carolina, town small town called Aiken. Uh, and uh, my aunt's home and, and not working, but. Yep. Then when I go home, I go to Edgefield uh, and, 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 and see them. So I can I imagine you'll be setting aside at least a few tickets when Miami plays on the road at Clemson. Oh, no question. That's, <laughs> that's, that'll be a home, home road game for, for, for the Kimball family. All right. Um, so you get to Coastal and Buzz. So, like, were you aware of who Buzz Peterson was when you were at Coastal? Yeah, no. So I went there. Pete Strickland was the coach for the first two years. Okay. So I got to know Coach Strickland really well. He got he got let go after two years. And Buzz Peterson, who just recently coached at the University of Tennessee, uh, you know, came in and, and and after he was let go of Tennessee, he took the Coastal Carolina job. So Coach Peterson, my mentor, kind of fell in my lap in a way where I'm already here. I'm a junior in college, and he's coming in the Coastal basketball team, and we really connected. I became close with him, and – uh, became the head manager or, 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 or whatever. And uh, we, you know, he's, he's helped me along the way. He really mentored me during my time there and, and we've grown. I mean, he's obviously a very close mentor and friend uh, to me 
to this day. So you stayed at his house. You mentioned, I mean, most people know the basketball world, know him and him and MJ are close. Have we crossed paths with MJ? Yeah. So <laughs> the crazy thing is when, so when I used to go to the Hornets or Bobcats game uh, and Coach Peterson would, would sit in, in MJ's suite, you know, Jordan's suite. And so, yes, I have. I've sat in suite with him uh, and watched, watched, watched the Hornets play. A uh, couple times. We get so, to pick his brain. The first time, first time I met it. him, coach was like, "Let me introduce." Was like, "Let me introduce you to uh, Michael Jordan." I was like, "Okay." So I shook his hand or whatever, and he introduced himself to me. I was like, "Man, you need no introduction. I know exactly yeah, right. who you are." Yeah. So. Is it? Uh, is it his airness? <laughs> was it Michael, Mister Jordan? His airness? What? what uh, <laughs> all of the above. Yeah, just, yeah. All of the above. All of the above. Have you ever have you have you ever had a chance to in a in a setting talk ball with them? No, I mean in those settings, I try to I try to just stay kind there. of just be there. <laughs> Boom. But, stay yeah, in my lane. You know, stay in my lane. But you know, obviously, it was good to be around them and, and just kind of see him interact with everyone and be in the same room. So pretty so, cool. I I would imagine. I would imagine. So you coach high school for a year. You get to Asheville, UNC Asheville. So. Who gave you the advice, like, go work the camp. That might be your way in. It was actually uh, Buzz Peterson. He's from Asheville. Coach uh, grew up in Asheville and was a legendary. He's like, yeah, hey, man, you might want to go work the camp. So I went up there and worked the camp. And, again, like, just worked it for, for free uh, with Coach and Nick. And just any way I could serve. Uh, I've always I've always thought this, this is something that we preach that at Charlotte, but I've always uh, tried to live it. Like, I, I, I really believe the way to greatness or accomplishing anything is through serving. Um, so my approach to working the Asheville Count is how can I serve you, coach? How can I serve the staff? How can I help in any, any way? And that was my mentality. Obviously, I wanted the job, uh, but I did that, and I didn't really expect anything, and I think that that really, really stood out to me. Coach Feeding Bond, and, and he presented me with the with the opportunity of a lifetime. All right, so this is this is where the, this is a unique part of the podcast. I'm gonna bring the wife in it for a quick second. Janae, is he good at serving? I mean, is, is he a, is he a servant husband? Absolutely, and it's funny because yesterday I was just thinking when you were saying that he bought me like I had a long day at work and I came home just some flowers sitting in the sink. So he definitely is the man of his word on that one. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> Job well done. I'll have more for you later. Back to Coach Kimball. Um, that's a pretty mature outlook, though, for a 22-year-old coach. I'm not sure a lot of people think that way at that age. Yeah, and uh, it's, I, I think it's still from my family. Back to my family. I've got such a big family. I, I know I talked about my mom and uncle, but the major of my family was my grandmother. Uh, and, and she uh, she had 11 kids, so I have a lot of aunts and uncles. Uh, most are living, not all, and stem from a lot of aunts and uncles, a lot of cousins, second cousins and third cousins. But my grandmother really served. Like, she was the first female uh, preacher in the area of South Carolina, and she always preached to serving, loving, you know, helping others. So uh, she kind of always had that outlook and, and kind of instilled that in, in me as a, as a young, young, young man. I guess I should have figured that considering you're doing this podcast as you're driving to your new job. So I, I shouldn't be surprised by that. Um, so I, again, I want you were, you did a, you did a podcast interview with a, I think a former assistant coach that I saw last night. And then I really dug into the archives. I watched your clinic on the Princeton offense, which we're going to talk about. I mean, I was, I was in it. I was in it late last night, but um, give me this. As you look back at your 22 year old, coach like right um give me some stuff that you're proud of right you're you're new you said i think you were swimming right it's it's all it's all just how do i make this work so give me as you look back hey man you were you did this really good for a first timer and then give me some other stuff where it's like man i wish i could burn the tape on that one oh <laughs> uh, no, that's great uh, great question uh, man, I, one thing I, I would say I'm really, really proud of is, is as a young coach is uh, the ability to connect, you know, with our players uh, and, and serve those guys. And, and I think it came in, in, in 
full circle uh, a couple months ago where uh, Matt Dickey, there, there's, this is one example of the kid that coached. Matt Dickey was a great player at UNC Asheville, started for us, uh, one of the better players. I mean, two NCAA tournaments, two championship appearances. But Matt uh, got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, shows you that I'm aging. But uh, two months ago, he was 10 years out. And, and he called me and he said, Coach, I'm really excited about this opportunity. I got inducted to the Hall of Fame. I'd love for you to be there. Uh, you know, you meant so much to me, and, and I couldn't be this without you. And, um, so this is, this is 10, 12, 13 years later, and, and I'm at Charlotte coaching. And, and obviously, we kept in touch over the years. But, but for me, like, that's what it's about, you know, you know for, for, for a player to call and, and say, hey, Coach, you've really had a positive impact on me, my life, my family. You know, I met my wife there, and this is a big moment for me. And I love for you to be there. You know, if you can. And so, just the relationships that I built with the guys, the impact that I had. You know, obviously on the court, but more important to me, off the court, to see. You know, Matt at at, at the at Asheville. I went back and we celebrated him, and he had his wife, and he's got three kids, and they're there. And just to see who he's become, like for me, that's special. Like that's what it's about. Um, you know, things that I probably would go back. I mean, I was a young, like, hungry, active, like, you know, go-getting coach. And, uh, you know, I remember in particular having a scouting report on on Coastal Carolina, uh, which is where I went to school. And we played those guys. And, and I, you know, there was interesting enough, I was a 23-year-old coach, and there's guys on the team, Coastal Carolina's in our conference. Like, well, my college roommates was, were playing on the other team. <laughs> I'd be like, ah, no notes. I got this. I'm, I'm, I'm this coach. I want to show him that I got it. And completely just butchered the play and screwed it all up. So uh, maybe attention to more detail early on. And uh, But, but again, great experience. Uh, we got a tails kick, by the way, that game. Right? <laughs> I think we lost by 30, so I felt awful. But coach was great about it. Uh, you say you live and you learn. Bring your notes out there next time. Make sure you got it. So, uh, yeah. So that was that's probably something at Asheville as a young coach that that uh, that that I learned. The sacrifices you make. I you also mentioned and maybe you could detail it that you actually had a job before the job. Like you had a job that you go to early in the morning, then go to the office, and then stay late. Is do I have that right? Yeah. Yeah. No. No, you're 100% right. Uh, Ron Store, though, the president of Biltmore Farm uh, Hotel Industry in Asheville at the time. I've heard uh, of that. I've heard of that place. Know, That's a pretty popular place to yeah, go, I believe, in that in that really, the really popular spot. Absolutely. Yeah. So for me, like to the Asheville job is low paying. Uh, you know, job. My first year there, I made. I kid you not, it was like a hundred. People don't know this, but a hundred dollars a month, you know, to work at UNC Asheville as an assistant coach. And so, uh, for me, it was more about health benefits, you know. So, uh, Ron Store though at Biltmore Farms gave me opportunity, and this was through Coach B who connected me with Ron, gave me opportunity, uh, you know, to come over there. And I got up at like four a.m. every morning to get there by five a.m. Uh, to work from like 5 a.m. to 10, 10 a.m. sometimes uh, just so I can have benefits, you know, for the opportunity to work at, at UNC Asheville. So it's crazy things. I did that for, for, for three years. And I look back and I'm just like, man, I was getting up at 4 a.m. and going to bed at like 11, 12 at night and doing it again, like consecutive. Like, I don't know how I did it, to be honest with you, but it was for the love of the game, the love of the opportunity, the passion. You know, for basketball, that I did, and man, I'm so thankful that that is is is, is working out. Did you say a hundred bucks a month? Hundred bucks a month, my first year, and then it increased. I think the next year it was maybe two hundred bucks a month, and by my third year, I was making a thousand dollars a month. So, <laughs> uh, but no, it's for the lot. I mean, you don't. You know, someone once told told me like if if you find something you do and you love it, like you, you never feel like you work a day in your life. For me, it's never been about money. It's never been about any of that. It's it's, it's pure joy and coaching, and waking up and having the opportunity to live a dream. Like I, I am, I am honestly living a dream, and it's a blessing. You know, for me and in my family, and and for me, I it, you know it's my job to impact and, and give back and be a blessing to others. You said that um. 
I think you said when you were a student manager at Coastal that Buzz kind of said you got a future in this. But once you got into actually, co- it was your job, right, at UNC Asheville. You just talked about the scout that kind of went wrong, uh, so to speak. When did you, when in your, in your career, when you're being compensated, you had coach after your name or before your name, where you kind of felt like, yeah, I, I'm, I, I belong here, and now it's just kind of creating the opportunities for myself. Yeah, I would say probably early on at Asheville, uh, you know, once I got the opportunity to apply what I've learned, you know, like there's always like that application process and applying what you've learned as a student manager and over the time and just being on the floor with the guys in my comfort zone and, and those guys trusting me and believing in me. And like, even when I screwed up the scout, like, you know, I felt bad, but you know, the coaches were man, you're good at this. Like, it's, it's going to be like, you're good. Like, it's okay. Like it's happened to all of us before. And so just, you know, for me, like just being empowered, like I've always worked for bosses and I, and I appreciate this. And my growth as a coach is a lot of it is because of the people I work for. I've always worked for bosses who empowered me to do great things, you know, that empowered me to work that, you know, like self starters. And so for me, that experience has been, been great you know uh those experience to 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 have hands-on experience and trust early on it's it's made me a better coach so why why william and mary why was that the next stop well for me it was you know obviously a a substantial pay increase no i'm just kidding (laughs) Uh, (laughs) you went from a thousand to 15 you got 1500 a month (laughs) you're like i gotta go i gotta go coach Shaver. uh was, was so respected in the profession and he's a Carolina guy and Buzz Peterson, a Carolina guy. Like there was some connection there. And, uh, you know, William Mary was, was different in, in a lot of ways for me because it was, there were some challenges there that, that, that kind of excited me. I mean, William Mary is a well-respected academic institution. Uh, you know, at the time it was like a top five public institution in the country. Um, and William Mary's never been to the NCAA tournament, um, before. Uh, and, and for me, I've always, you know, I've had a lot of challenges in my life. And so I've always considered myself a person who's, who's embraced the hard. Uh, I knew it would be a challenging job. I knew it would be hard in a lot of ways, but it was an opportunity to me to continue to grow, uh, to work at a place where, you know, we had, we had a chance to make history. Uh, and we did, we made history. We, we won more games than, Anybody had before at William Mary, our, our, our last five years there uh, was the greatest stretch in school history. Uh, and again, Coach Shavers, the all time wins. Coach, we lost in four title games. Um, Oof. You know, ouch. The one, that hurt, the one that hurts the most uh, was Delaware, uh, where we were up six uh, with, with 80 seconds left, and, and we ended up losing that one at the end. But what a special place. I mean, uh, always, always said this about William Mary's, the people really make that place and the community and the players and, and people, the community really embrace the program. And there's a love, love affair for, for tribe hoops there. And so uh, it was special. And uh, I, I, I saw it as a great next step for me to work for coach Shaver, who was terrific for, for me and my family. Uh, I mentioned my, my mom passing away when I was 29 it happened. Uh, well, I was very close to my mom. It happened while I was at William and Mary. Uh, and so, I mean, Coach Shaver just really wrapped his arms around me. Coach Shaver made a 14 hour trip, you know, down seven, back seven, just to be supportive of me and my mom and the funeral. And uh, just, you know, I felt like it was, again, planted in the right place where I could grow the most. I felt like I was really planted in, in really good soil there. And, and, and it was just a great experience for me. All right, so a couple things. One is, um, not to focus on the negative, but I know coaches and losses sometimes stick out more than wins. So, like, how searing is that, this, this, the up six, 80-to-go championship? Like, is, that, is it vivid? Like, can you just see it still in your it's head vivid. every day? It's, it's vivid. It's things I, I hate. It's funny because Jeff Dyer is on our staff. He was the manager of that of the team at, at Delaware who beat us. So. When I did the interview at the Zoom, the first thing I said to him when he introduced himself is like, man, you just, you're just you just a salty reminder of uh, that championship game. But, yeah, it does. This thing it hurts. I wanted – we had five seniors on that team who just kind of gave their heart and soul, you know, everything to, to William Mary as a student. 
uh, and also as an athlete as well. And I just I just can't erase the look on their faces after that loss in the locker room. And um, so uh, I know it hurts. <laughs> it hurts them. It hurts us. Uh, but uh, terrific experience. I also met my wife. I met my wife in Williamsburg. I can't li- leave that's that all, out. That's all that matters. Uh, uh, and so uh, that was that's awesome. She's a Hampton. She's a Hampton alum. So it's 30 minutes down the road. And so that was maybe the best thing that happened. The best thing, not maybe, the hey, best thing that happened to me in my time. Good qual- way to qualify that. Way to catch yourself. Good job. <laughs> Good job by you. She might kick you out of that. She, she might kick you out and just finish the podcast on her own if you would have didn't get to yeah. catch you there. Someday. I'll be walking these last 21 miles. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do yeah. it unless you're chucking, looking to lose weight or something. You sweat, sweat, <laughs> sweat that out. Um, Coach Shaver, I don't I didn't I didn't wasn't familiar with the name, but did a little research and getting getting ready for this. And just seems like he's kind of like a quintessential basketball. You know, what I mean, like there's a lot of Coach Shavers that deserve more attention right that exists in our sport is that a fair assessment yes absolutely i mean he's special coach i mean he's his journey was different he was he was never an assistant coach he's high school coach his whole i mean a head coach his whole career episcopal high school for 10 years i think uh you know um hampton sydney for i think 17 years and maybe we were married for 18 years i'm not sure the exact number there but Head coach's whole career and impacted a lot of people in a positive way. So, uh, you know, won a lot of games. He's in the Hall of Fame at Episcopal High School. He's in the Hall of Fame at Hampton Sydney. He will be in the Hall of Fame at William and Mary. Uh, he's 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 special coach. Well, so what kind of mind? What kind of basketball mind did he have? Uh, we were really good offensively. Uh, I think he was pretty complete. Um, but I'll say we were we were one of the best offensive teams in the country in my time at William Mary. My last year at William Mary, I think it was coach second to last year. We were the only team in NCAA history to shoot fifty percent from the field, over forty percent from three, and over eighty percent from the line. 50, 40, 80. Like as a team, think about that as a team, not individually, but those are our team's offensive numbers. So we had some pretty special teams offensively at William Mary and. Uh, Coach Shaver, obviously the, the key to all of that. All right, so he, now I'm gonna I'm gonna try and impress you. Speaking of offense, we got our 22 series, our 21 series, Rod one, Rod two. <laughs> you really did do your research. You watched that. How painful was that for you to watch? That I like if it sorry. wasn't 12:30. If it wasn't 12:30 at night, I would have watched. I would have watched more. But so why don't you elaborate a little bit on? Uh, I'll set it up, and then you give a, give us the, the the good the details. So. Basically, you guys are, are as a staff. Hey, we gotta kind of maybe change things up, do things a little bit differently, have a different approach at William and Mary to to give us the best chance to win. We're gonna pick a different way to play, and we go and we pick which two schools, and why do we pick them, and what are we taking away? You're right. You're exactly right. William and Mary is obviously a challenging job because of the academic piece. You know, there's only a certain type of kids, smaller pool of kids that we can recruit, so we have to play differently. Uh, so Coach Shaver, you know, went went and studied John Beeline, uh, you know, who was the head coach at Michigan at the time. Um, and he played a unique style of play offensively, uh, which was called a, the two-guard, uh, two-guard offense, which is, you know, play a four-guard offense with one post. And there's a lot of pin downs and, and things like that. So we studied, Coach Shaver studied that style. And we also studied some Princeton stuff, uh, Herb Sendak. Uh, ben, ben Wilkins was on staff long, long before I was, but worked for Herb Sendak. Herb Sendak, when he was at NC State, he ran some Princeton stuff. So for us, it was like, man, we, we really like this. How can we combine the two to be uniquely different, which could give us a chance to be successful at a place where it's really, really hard to win? So, you know, it kind of morphed and molded into something over time. And, man, like – after like three or four years in, we're like, man, this is cooking. Like we're, you know, we're, we're like nationally, you know, Ken Palm, like top 25 in effective field goal percentage and top 25 in offense efficiency. So we really molded into it something special. We recruited to it. Our players bought into it. And there was something that we, you know, that ended up being really good. So Coach Sanchez hired me at Charlotte. And he's like, I don't want to quite play, you know, like Virginia played offensively. 
uh, we're going to be a carbon copy in a lot of ways defensively, but offensively, I want to play a little different. Can you implement this system, you know, to us in Charlotte? And so, you know, he and I sat down together and spent a lot of time together and, and I kind of told it to him, you know, and then we implemented it, uh, you know, at Charlotte. And So I feel like that's an offense that if you're coaching it and it's humming, it's great. And for the opponent, it flat, it just stinks. Yeah, no, it's great. The ball moves, ball movement, player movement, ball movement, player movement. It's constant above. You shoot a lot of threes, you shoot a lot of layups. Like who wouldn't want to play in that style? It's uh, it's a fun style to play in. And you score a lot of points. We averaged like 80 points a game, 82 points a game last year at Weaver Mary. So it's pretty, pretty fun. Did uh, Coach Schaefer have any good Dean Smith stories for you? He must have imparted some wisdom on you. <laughs> Uh, no, he always spoke about Coach Smith, obviously, like they all do in such a, you know, high, high level and very respected way. So, uh, you know, I think he took for him like his values and, and how to treat others. And uh, he always talked about, you know, how he never cussed in practice and how he treated everyone, how he remembered everyone's names, you know, from from the best players all the way down to the managers. And the great thing about Coach Smith was <clears throat> when he passed away. You know, every player that played for him um, and Coach Shaver had this check. They got mailed, I think, like a $200 check. Oh, yeah, you know? I heard about this, yeah. Uh, and uh, so I was working for Coach when he got that check, and I just thought, man, that was really special. Like, it just kind of, like, put the, put the uh, you know, the stamp on, you know, the person he was. And, and then you always hear about the impact that he had on his players uh, and staff and managers and, and to do something like that. Every player he coached. To, to, to in this estate and, and leave that check and dinner on me, you know, that's, that's pretty impressive. So coach Yellow doesn't cuss either. I don't know if that came up or not. <laughs> I've heard that. I have heard that. Which I got to say is like the ultimate sign of discipline because I've got a little bit of a potty mouth, but I, God bless us. <laughs> God bless their collective souls. They can pull it off. Um, so you, you coached your last stop was Charlotte and you coached in a city. You're going to be in a city here. What was it, what's it like to be in a city versus the two, the two previous stops? And what are you looking forward to being in Miami, a, the city of Miami? Well, the city is just a tremendous asset for like our kids. Like it, it gives them more to do socially. It enhances their college experience. Like being in Charlotte, being able to go to a, a Hornets game, being able to go to a Panthers game, uh, you know, being able to go to a minor league baseball game. Like that's, that's, that's awesome. Like it, it, it makes the experience better for, you, your family, and, and, and the kids that you're coaching. Uh, Miami is, you know, obviously a destination spot. Um, I've had so many people call me since I got this job. Like, hey, man, I know you didn't see me as much as Charlotte, but I'm definitely coming to Miami <laughs> to visit Janae yourself. Uh, so it's a destination spot. It's a place where, you know, being able to go to a heat game and, uh, you know, being, being able to go, you know, watch the Dolphins play and, uh, you know, all the things to do socially uh, is, is awesome. Um, I think it makes it for, you know, the weather in Miami. I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, warm weather. I love it, you know, like year round. That's awesome. So um, it's a lot to look forward to just being in the city. My wife, I think my wife is looking forward to the shopping. Yeah, uh, Janae, I was going to ask. What, Janae, I, better I was, shopping in Miami. Yeah, uh, Janae, Janae, what do we want to do? What's on the hit list? I have to go to TikTok a lot. I know that like, makes me sound like a kid, but I've been on TikTok Googling things. Well, not Googling. Typing in the search bar, brunch places, all the above. So I like visiting aesthetically pleasing restaurants. So I know Miami has a lot of it. I don't, I don't, I don't think you'll be disappointed. I think, I think you're going to be good. Now I need you for two more things. I need to know what coaches, any coach, any pet peeves of coach, like game day superstitions, like anything we need to know about him that he's divulged a lot, but like anything we really need to know about, you know, about coach to just to make sure we don't cross any bad lines. You know, one thing about Tony, his personality is pretty consistent. You're not going to get, a moody guy out of him. Now, uh, one thing he has to have a coke after the game. That's, I still <laughs> yeah. What's that him. like? What ha what happens after after a loss? Are we talk? Are we in the same room, separate rooms? Is he grinding all night? Like, how is that? No, definitely up to the wee hours in the morning. But like I said, his personality—he really is not ever in a bad mood. Like, it's crazy. He'll have bad moments now. Get that together. <laughs> but his little moments will go away within seconds. 
wow. for him, he's over it in two seconds. Very consistent. Um, like I said, really just that poke at the end of the game. All right. Just want to make sure, you know, after a loss, you got to kind of, we kind of walked the other way. You got, you got the U on your chest now, but when you went out with your gear, orange and green and black and it's the U, especially after this season, I'm sure it was received a little differently, right? Received really well. Uh, received really well. Again, there's momentum and we want to capitalize off this and kind of keep it going. I guess, and there's, and last thing, I guess, a lot of momentum on campus, you know, new football coach, new AD, what the football team's looking forward to, baseball team's doing great. You guys had a great run. Or like, it's an exciting, an exciting time for Miami, and, and I would imagine for you, just excited to be a part of this. No, no, no question. And, and just thrilled. My wife and I are thrilled to be a part because we, we do think special things are going on at, at the university, and you can kind of feel the energy on campus. I was on campus last week all week. I flew back to Charlotte to try to put our house on the market and then obviously drive back, but you can feel the energy and the excitement, you know, about, you know, you know, University of Miami athletics, you know, not just basketball. And that, that's special. And again, I want to be, I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm excited to serve, uh, you know, this, our student athletes and our, our athletic department, this community, uh, because this is, this, this, this is a special place and, and we're going to do, continue to do special things here. All right. Hope I took up the last part of your drive successfully. Janae, thanks for hopping on. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. And I hope you uh, find some good spots to eat, although I think that's going to be pretty easy. I really don't think you're going to struggle with that. Our, we, we are, for, for cuisine, we're, we're pretty good and pretty uh, diverse. Oh, for sure. I've seen. I'm excited. Uh, and uh, I hope, have you found a place to live yet? No, we're doing that. That's what this weekend. We're going to be doing a lot of house hunting. Yeah, house I wish that that I wish you the best of luck. <laughs> Thank you. It's more. It's probably more competitive than landing a five-star recruit. I just want to put it like that. Uh, I think you're right. We've I've got an early taste of uh, of, of what it's like, and uh, you're. I wouldn't disagree. But you're used to closing, so you know what. You know, put 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 your basketball expertise to work. Let's do it. Yeah, for sure. We got to get this done. Absolutely. Coach, man, it was a pleasure. Thanks for doing this. Uh, it was great catching up or great meeting, talking and, and hearing your whole story and taking us behind the you. Welcome. And uh, we'll catch you around campus soon. Gosh, thanks. So, so good to feel, feel a pleasure. It's a pleasure to, to be on. So thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on. It's great to meet you as well. Miami-Dade County is partnering with you to help keep our community safe from COVID-19 now and in the future. Do your part by getting your booster, staying home if you're sick, and getting tested if you think you have symptoms. We'll keep doing our part to protect our children's education and ensure testing, vaccines, and boosters are available for all so that our entire community continues to thrive. It's our best plan. For more information, visit miamidade.gov coronavirus.